Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. We are starting now some discussions. Well, I guess this has been going on for a few weeks uh, at City Hall about uh, looking at some of the budget numbers for 2018. And, and they're not going to vote on anything as of yet, but it's uh, a good time to uh, get some of that stuff out there. And one of the most important and sometimes one of the most contentious issues is the budget for Hamilton Police Services. And that was presented to the Police Services Board yesterday uh, by uh, Chief of Police Eric Gert. Uh, Lloyd Ferguson is the uh, City Council for Ward 12 up in Ancaster and also, of course, the Chair of the Police Services Board. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to uh, give us an overview. Lloyd, thanks for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Well, thanks for having me on, Bill, to be able to explain this budget to your listeners. Well, let's let's get right into this, because I know that, uh, that this is always a contentious issue, uh, with some people on City Council anyway, uh, because you're trying to obviously balance the needs of the community, the, the mandate of police services, but at the same time, uh, as you've said to us in the past, you've got to sharpen your pencil. We do, and uh, you know, there's always that balance between uh, making sure that our community is safe and making sure that we're responsible in how we spend. And I'll start with that by just re- reporting on the crime statistics that was presented in the budget yesterday. And uh, if you look over the excuse me, last five years, total crime rate is actually down 23% in the last five years. Total property crime is down 25%, and total violent crimes are down 28%. But we do have some big growth areas, and uh, we are bringing in nine new staff in this budget to uh, try to deal with these two big growth areas. One is cybercrime, and, uh, you know, we always hear about uh, uh, the problems with um, hacking that, that goes on, but uh, there's been a tidal wave of growth, and it touches all investigations, whether it's homicides, domestics, frauds, thefts, assaults, and there's a variety of sources for uh, uh, for cybercrime, which include phones, computers, videos, uh, CCTV cameras, and they really do help a lot in the solving of crimes. And there's a variety of formats, and, um, and you know it, they help also when you can have video as as we saw in the Bosma trial uh, for presentation in court. But uh, hacking is a growing industry, and uh, but we've seen a 131 percent increase. In the last five years, between uh, last sorry last nine years, uh, for the amount of hours that are spent in cybercrime, and uh, but it is a uh, an area that does help us solve crimes a lot quicker. And I'll cite the two experiences we had at the Meadowlands in Ancaster recently, and I think I talked about these on your show where there was two quick incidences where um, uh, individuals would lay down the back seat of vehicles that are parked at the uh, commercial area of the Meadowlands. And once the driver returns, and they generally pick people that they can overpower, you know, whether it's women or elderly. Once the driver returned, they come up with a knife to the throat and tell them to take them to an ATM and get the PIN number and take out cash. And then have them drive them back to the lower city where they assume they reside. And in both those cases, we had an arrest within one day. And the reason we had the arrest was because of the CCTV cameras in the storefronts. They were able to get photographs of these people, and uh, of course, they're, they're generally regulars around the police, and the uh, investigators knew who they were and were able to get an arrest. So, it, while it's growing, and and while we have to be able to respond to it, it is a great tool in our toolbox to help solve crimes and, and solve them very quickly. All right, but in that situation, I, I, with the, those were privately owned CCTV cameras. I mean, they were done by the banks or the stores or whatever the case might be. So so when you say increased costs in the police service budget, where's that money going to be allocated? 
It's, well, it's in the staffing. In so staffing. Yeah. So I, I'm glad one. you brought that up. I had a, a conversation with uh, one of your officers uh, uh, just a week or so ago uh, that we bumped into each other at, at, at one of those stores. And uh, and that was one of the points that he made, which I thought was rather interesting. That doesn't get discussed a whole lot, I suppose, is uh, is the amount of hours that it takes to do some of these investigations. And he, and he says it's very, very difficult because people are demanding action. Fix this now. Solve this now. Arrest that guy now. And they don't understand the work that has to go into that. Otherwise, the thing gets tossed out the minute you go in front of a judge. Exactly. And, of course, there has been, uh, I think, I'm very proud of the Hamilton Police Service and the way they've been able to solve some serious crimes. I mean, the, the recent murder in front of the mosque. I mean, they had identification and an arrest within four days of the incident. And, and that makes our streets safer when you can get these people who are doing these horrendous things to get them off the street. But when you see a 131% increase in the number of hours spent doing this, because they have to look at all these cameras and go through hours and hours of tape to find the evidence that they need, and they need staff to do that. So uh, there, we are hiring one more sworn officer in that area and one civilian in that area to respond to this demand for uh, uh you know, it's called cybercrime. And, you know, when, uh, you know, somebody goes in and steals someone's money of a bank account, that's cybercrime because they're able to get passwords and get in and, and pull information off. So uh, it, the, the second big growth area in our community is sexual assaults. And sexual assaults has seen a 83% increase since 2008 in the number of crimes reported. It went from 298 to 546 in 2016. And so uh, there's more people reporting this. And, of course, this is very topical in our society right now with things that are coming out, particularly in the U.S., on, on sexual assault cases. And so there, we're hiring another full-time officer in that, another uh, special constable or a civilian in that. And what we've been able to do with the, with the nine new hires, uh, seven of those are going to be civilians. So there, uh, there's six that's going to the forensic unit uh, to do scene of crime investigations. So go in and photograph the sites. That doesn't have to be a sworn officer. It can be a civilian that's trained, takes courses, and graduates from programs at community colleges and universities on how to do this. But they're not sworn officers to gather that evidence. And because we put these, we're going to put these seven people, these seven civilians into foreign sworn positions, we're able to take seven officers out of those jobs and put them back on the street. And, and there's been a lot of criticism lately that we don't have enough officers on the street. And the statistics, quite frankly, show that we're, you know, our population to cop ratio is, is pretty close to the average in the province. And I can go over those numbers if you like, but the, uh, uh, that may be a topic for another day. But well, we I know they were cited. I know they were cited, and I don't want to get into the whole thing about what happened either. last Saturday. Uh, not at this stage, but uh, the, there were some numbers that were cited, and there were some questions as to whether or not they were legitimate numbers. So maybe maybe for the sake of, the, of clearing that up, you might want to talk about the ratios. Well, I will. I just want to move on with the budget first, and we can come back at that at the end if we have time. Or sure, okay. Maybe you can get me back on another time where I can go through those numbers with you. So there's nine new staff that are in this budget, and seven of those are civilians to allow... Uh, seven officers now to pick up and move back into doing frontline work on the streets. And and um, and then we got two new sworn officers, one in cybercrime and one in sexual assaults for the total of nine. But it still is the lowest budget that uh, we've done in 19 years at 2.45%. And when uh, our city's finance department does presentations to city council on the city budget, which includes policing, um, they always show the net number of the impact to the levy. And our finance department has shown to council 
and it's been shared publicly that the assessment growth expected in 2018 is 1%. Uh, as your listeners should know, we've had over a billion dollars in um, building permits issued for the last number of years, and that results in assessment growth. So new taxes coming in for new development. And so if you deduct that 1% off the 2.45, which what will happen when it goes to the tax bill, the impact to your tax bill or to the levy will be 1.45%, which is significantly below inflation. And so by able to make our, our city safer with nine new employees, uh, we're actually having a, a, a net impact on your taxes of 1.45%, once again, less than inflation. So Okay, but let me ask you something about what city council's mandate now, because invariably they go into it to these uh, budget discussions and they tell all boards and agencies, this is where we want you to come. Uh, is that 1.4% within that range as far as, as yep, city council the, is concerned? Yes, the guideline was 1.5. All right. And we're sitting at 1.45 net impact to the levy. But I think that's, that brings up another point. If you look at the, uh, and this may be some of the misconceptions that are out there. If you take a look at uh, since 2004 to 2017, is the levy impact of policing over time. And uh, there's no question it went through some growth, uh, uh, you know, in the mid, you know, 2000s, early 2000s into the early 2010s. But uh, if you go back um, in 2012, the percentage of the total levy impact for policing was uh, 19 19.24% and went to 19.31 and 19 down to uh, held the same at 19.32 but since 2015 it's gone down to 18.69 18.52 and 18.6 so that's the percentage impact on the total city levy and, and so uh, I think that's an important message that I'm going to be bringing to council when this comes to council for approval in uh, mid-January. And, and so the public needs to know that, that the impact on the levy is 1.45, and that, in fact, we've improved the percentage of the levy impact on police over the last three, three four years um, as, a, as a percentage of the overall levy. I know that sounds complicated. I'm trying to simplify it. But uh, it's an important thing to remember. In addition to that, you know, uh, uh, as you please do issue tickets, they call POAs or Provincial Offenses Act tickets, and that generates about $5.8 million annually that goes to the city, which the, does not cascade through to the police budget. So there's an additional $5.8 million in revenue the city enjoys through the uh, the POA thing. Uh, is that, is that money dedicated or is it just going to general levy? General levy, I believe. I can double check that, but I believe it just goes into general levy as a Provincial Offenses Act revenue. Um, and, and, you know, we're also trying to deal with this significant spike in uh, drug overdoses and having to respond to that. There will be demands in the future on safe injection sites. I think we heard the deputies say that to council that uh, what they saw in Vancouver uh, around these safe injection sites, be, there need to be more policing presence. But despite all that this year, we're still coming in at a net impact tax levy of 1.45%. All right, but let's talk about staffing. And, and, and I understand that's kind of getting into some of the inside workings of, of police service, but you've heard those concerns. I've heard those concerns. And it's about a, a physical presence of police in some of these areas. And, and you're absolutely right. Deputy Chief Kinsella was, was very pointed, I think, in his comments about the safe injection sites. Uh, he supports the concept of it, but says it's going to bring some other problems with it. 
that would lend us to believe that this, you need more personnel down there. Uh, well, there's some concern about the action team. I, I, we've heard stories that the action team is, some of them anyway, have been reallocated to some of the rail trails now because of the increase in sexual assaults. Do you have enough bodies to go around? Well, that's a better question for the chief. Uh, but I can tell you that the average, is, we, we, you call pop the cop. Uh, so it's a population to police officer ratios that we have. And currently Hamilton has 151 per 100,000 of population, 151.2 sworn officers. The median across the province is 158.8. So we're about seven behind, but we are adding two more. You know, everybody wants to benchmark off Montreal, which has 226.1. Windsor has 197.5, but Halton has 122.6, Durham has 127.9, and Waterloo has 130.4. So we're significantly above those, with Hamilton at 151, Niagara's at 153, London's at 155, and Calgary's at 158. So we're benchmarking off large police forces across the country. The only two that are in here that are outside of Ontario is Montreal, which has the highest at 226. So we're not that far, we're about seven officers off the average. And we're not a wealthy municipality. People like Halton and, and, and York are in big growth areas where they're having significantly more assessment growth than we have over the years. And, and so have had more, have more money available to them. But still, we're holding right tight with them. So uh, that number should come out as, as interesting. And, yeah, but and, there's another side of that, Lloyd. And, and listen, I, I got into this discussion way back when I was on city council with some of my colleagues back in those days, and because they would drag these comparison numbers out with other municipalities. And, and to a certain extent, it's, it's, it's relevant information, but it's also apples and oranges, because you don't know what kind of policing is needed in those communities. All you're looking at is a number of officers. Uh, Halton has different needs than Hamilton does. We've just outlined some of the concerns here. I don't know what the concerns are in Halton, but maybe they don't need as many officers. I, I, I don't know the answer, whether it's yes or no, but it's it's always, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like statistics, you know, you can suit to any purpose you want right now to try to justify your, your point of view on something. Uh, so I, I don't take, put a whole lot of credibility into that. My concern is, are we getting the job done? That's really, and that's the overriding question that you've been asking at the police service. Board. I don't care how many officers there are. Are there enough? That's the question. Well, as I, as I said at the start of our conversation, uh, total crime was down 23% in the last five years in Hamilton. You know, uh, yes, there was a terrible murder, but I'm not sure if we had 100 more officers out there, there'd be an officer standing right next to that and be able to prevent it. Uh, that's a subjective opinion that we can have a good discussion on. And yes, you don't know what the other forces are, what kind of policing they do need. But it is a good guide, you know, the pop-to-cop ratio. And and this shows we're only seven behind the average. And I don't think we need to be significantly above average because uh, of the results that we're able to get. Uh, the two big growth areas, again, are cybercrime and sexual assaults. And, yes, they may take the action team, and that's the purpose of that group. They move them to hot spots. And a hot spot has been the uh, uh, downtown area, and that's where you see a lot of the yellow jackets and where you see evidence of action. But if there's a problem in Ancaster, they'll put some action groups up there uh, to deal with the problem. And if there's problems with sexual assaults on rail lines, they'll move them over there. That's the beauty of this program is where you can pick that, this group up and move them to what area of the city that needs the most help. At that point, we're going to break it off. Obviously, we'll wait until you guys start discussing this after the, uh, the new year, and we can get into some of the details on this. Uh, Lloyd, thanks so much for the overview on this. Really appreciate it. 
Well, you're welcome. And I'd like to just give you one more statistic, if I can. The average cost of police service per capita, the median of our competitor groups, is 359. Hamilton's at 308. So we are a lower cost operator uh, below the average in being able to deliver the outstanding police service that we are receiving from our officer, our, our employees, both civilian and sworn. Okay, more to come later on. Lloyd, thanks again. Appreciate okay, it. Thanks. That's uh, a chair of the Police Services Board, of course, uh, Ancaster Councilor Lloyd Ferguson. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.